Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man. Pastor Larry fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor from there later in life. He ended up becoming a school teacher, very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue collar, white collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man, fun to be around, and he loves the Lord. By the way, uh, this is Pastor Larry. Welcome, friends. May God have blessed you during the week. May you have found resources for your spiritual victory, and that's what we're attempting to do here. We're all in the battle together, saved and unsaved, in the battle together. God wanting us to give us weapons for the pulling down of strongholds, and not only in our life, but against Satan himself. And by the way, Satan does have allies. <laughs> and those allies are our flesh and the world. And he uses both of them to make assault on our fortifications. So we talked about last week about um, fearing. It, it's okay to have fear, but don't let that fear control you. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ with it. Just read the Psalms. That's the biggest command, as I said last week in the Bible, is fear not. Be not afraid. The reason it's in there is because it tells us that we must turn and trust God. And I also said, but to trust Him, we have to know Him. And we're going to look at some scriptures. I don't know about this message, but other messages... We always have to be in fellowship, learning more and more about the grace and the attributes and the mercy and the love and the great person of God himself, which is really unknowable. I mean, to, to attain to full knowledge of him is probably humanly impossible. But God challenges us to do it, as we're going to see. And as I said last week, that even though God's uh, God's commands to Joshua, his battle was a physical battle, but yet it was still on a spiritual level. Because Satan, you see, and his demons are just as active in the Old Testament as they were in the New Testament. Satan's attempt was to stop the seed of Israel's Redeemer from being born, and he knew that the Savior would come through Israel. Ever since God told Satan in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 that the seed of the woman would crush his head, and Satan knew he understood what that meant. The hatred began, the war began, and the war was on. And we read the scriptures of the New Testament. I think it's the Apostle Paul that says um, that Satan was a murderer from the beginning. And that was a reference back to when Cain killed Abel way back in, in Genesis. 
And that started the seed war because Satan knew that the seed would come through Abel. So Cain slew Abel, thinking that that would put an end to the seed, but it didn't. Adam and he had more children on who the seed would come. And that battle continues, that seed war continues even on today. Satan attempted to destroy the coming Savior, Messiah, by attempting throughout the Old Testament to destroy his, his lineage. But he failed and Christ was born. And then, Jesus, and then Satan tried to, tried to kill Jesus himself, attempting to take his life. Remember, Herod ordered the murder of all children two and below in Bethlehem. That was Satan's attempt to destroy the Messiah. And then Jesus is testing in the wilderness, trying to, trying to get Jesus to worship him. And I look at, wow, what a nerve to even test the Son of God. But he attempted that. So he's tenacious. And don't think you can scare him off in the flesh. But only by claiming the name of Jesus can you get him to flee. And by living for Jesus can you cause him to flee. So every turn, Satan was attempting to destroy the seed of Christ. Three, but Satan, when he saw Jesus dying on the cross, he thought he had won his victory. But hallelujah, we know the resurrection happened. And Satan knew that his time was limited. Jesus arose from the dead, crushing the devil's head as promised in the book of Genesis. Death has been swallowed up in victory of the resurrected Christ. Now mankind can be released from Satan's bondage of death. And if you're not saved, I hope you're listening to this. You don't have to live the way you do. You don't have to live always in doubt, always in fear. God has destroyed that fear through his resurrection and through his death, burial, and resurrection. But we must come to the cross. That's where it starts, my friends. Spiritually speaking, you have to come to the cross. And here's the key. You have to exchange your life for his life. Exchanging your life for the life of Jesus Christ. You must come to the cross. It's difficult to give up your life, isn't it? Giving up what you want to do. Giving up being captain of your ship when actually you're not the captain of your ship Satan has deceived you into thinking that you are no longer this is difficult I know I had to do it no longer to live your life for yourself wow that's the way of blessing I've screwed my life up so many times by following myself I have screwed it up so many times. I can't. If I had time to tell you stories, I'm actually embarrassed to tell you stories over that. But I've actually screwed up my life. But God has turned it around. Bless him. Bless him for being patient with me and turning me around. It came on hard lessons. But he turned me around. And I know how difficult it is to give up your life because I had to do it. 
back in 1973 when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I was having a good time, I thought. Running around, chasing women, drinking, doing whatever I want. But then God came to me. I wasn't looking for God. And you might be sitting there right now. You're not looking for God. You're just looking for some juicy tidbit in the news so you can just spread it around. And God, by these messages, by his word, he's coming to you. You're not looking for him. I wasn't looking for him. He came to me. And it's up to us to say, yes, Lord, I will give you my life. That's what Jesus accepts. He doesn't ex accept half your life or part of your life. You can't hang on to part of it and give him part of it. It has to be all. You must give your whole life to Jesus Christ. Halfway will not work. God knows you inside and out. You can't fool God. He knows everything. You can't fool him. He knows your thoughts. He knows the intents of your heart. My friends, God created you for himself. And that's what I had to understand and realize. We were made in the image of God, and only God can fill that lost image that we had in the garden. We inherited it from Adam. That's scriptural. We were born with a sin nature. We were born with a bent to not seek the Lord. And that's why God seeks us. Now, we are talking about the seed war. Satan knows that Jesus Christ is coming back to physically take back what was his from the beginning, from the beginning that Adam forfeited by his disobedience to God. So Satan knows Jesus is coming back, so he's fighting again to stop that second coming. You know, but now there's an enemy living in the land. <laughs> And that enemy that's living in the land is in this world. And that enemy that's living in the land, Satan's the prince and the power of the air, but he goes to and fro upon the earth, seeking whom he may devour. That's what the scriptures teach. Satan's not going away. And he'll intensify his efforts during the great tribulation time. He's angry, he's going to fight. He knows he's been beaten at the cross, so he's diverted his attention to stop Jesus Christ from coming back. He knows he's a, he is a defeated foe. And we as Christians are his target. You're not a Christian. He already has you as a target, but he's now centering on believers as a target. So that's why we have to put on the armor. We have to protect ourselves. We have to, we have to fight this battle. So, God gives, I will get to Joshua, by the way, but I got a lot of preliminaries here that I get really carried away on, if you have to forgive me for this. So, God gives Joshua instructions on how to conquer Israel's enemies. Remember, his enemies are physical, ours are spiritual. 
We're not fighting our neighbors. We're fighting Satan's influence on our neighbors if they're not Christians. So let's take a look and see what these weapons of warfare are from the pulling down, for the pulling down of mighty strongholds, as the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. The Apostle Paul says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that means fleshly, early, uh, earthly, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down our own imaginations, and every high thing, this could be our pride, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Talking about this war that goes on inside of us can be influenced by Satan himself. Getting on to the passage I just read because we'll come to it, back to it a few more times in these messages. But right now, we're going to see how Joshua conquered the mighty city of Jericho and other cities within the land of promise without firing a shot, so to speak. Especially Jericho. How could he do that? You might say, well, let's look into God's word and find out how he did it. First, we must go back to the first 40 years when God told the Israelite spies to go into the land. And if you'd like, I hope you got your sword with you. Let's turn back to the book of Numbers. It's like two books back from the book of Joshua. Numbers in chapter 13. In fact, I just flipped over there. It's like it was planned. Numbers chapter 13, you'll find God telling Moses to pick one man from each of the tribes of Israel, which 12 of them. Here's what they were supposed to do, starting in Numbers 13 and verse 18. And it says, Go and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is, is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what city they dwell, whether in tents or in strongholds, the Second Corinthians passages, there is that word read in Second Corinthians 10.4. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether they, they be wood therein or not. And be of good courage. There we find that term again. And bring of the fruit of the land. So they went up and searched the land. So here it is, one of the steps of being strong. And these are not necessarily in order. Here's one of the steps that I found by way of application from Israel's history, it's simply this. And if you're taking notes, they're easy to write down because they all start with the letter of R and they got the letter P in them. It's simply this. Recon. R-E-C-O-N. Recon your persistent enemy. Let me give you an illustration. The Marine Corps had small units in Vietnam. They were called recon or reconnaissance, short for reconnaissance. It was usually consisting of about eh, seven to nine men whose sole purpose was to Im be implanted, implanted excuse me, behind enemy lines. 
for the sole purpose of reconning the enemy. Uh, their strengths, their numbers, their positions, the weapons they're carrying, and anything else of importance. They were not to make contact for any reason, lest they be discovered and wiped out. Remember, they're a small unit. They may call in, like say, artillery or jet fighters without being uh, discovered, but don't be detected. There are some Bible teachers that agree, disagree with me on that, but that's okay. People disagree with me on Scripture a lot about paying attention to what your enemy does or who he is. I don't find that to be scriptural. They say you got to center on being positive, center on link, how, how, loving the Lord and loving one another and, and learning how the Christian life, which are all important. But I do believe you have to know your enemy. And I get that by not only scripture, but by having experience in the Marine Corps before I went to Vietnam. Yes, it is necessary. But I also believe it is of the utmost importance to know your enemy and where he's coming from. Didn't Paul say, I don't want you to be ignorant of his devices, my brethren? So a lot of Christians remain ignorant and they'll live a defeated life. But you have to know what he's trying to do to defeat you in the church of God. That's so important. So recon your enemy. God told him in the promised land to do it. Bring back a report. We know that that report was they looked at their problems and which caused fear. We know that happened. And I knew that I had the full power of the Marine Corps in the United States military behind me, being in a recon unit to pull me out and extract me. And that's what we have in Christ. Discover our enemy, know what his tactics, know what his wiles are, know what his schemes are, and that, but we can live under the protection of God Almighty himself. We don't have to be afraid. God can rout the enemy. Remember, we are to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The command goes to us as Christians. Literally, it says, you be strong. Talking to individuals. And that's a command from the commander. You be strong in the Lord. The subject's understood here in that verse in, in Ephesians 6.10. So, I have a responsibility to develop my spiritual awareness about my enemy, and so do you. But, that undertaking is to be done on the total dependency of being in the Lord. And that's why I say, if you're not a believer, if you're not saved, you're not in the Lord, and you have no power to defeat the enemy. You've heard me say that a lot, and you'll hear me say it a lot again, because I know there's people listening out there that are not in the Lord. But if you're in the Lord, you have to remain in fellowship with him. So let's move on. We'll talk about that more. <laughs> we need his mighty power to protect and preserve us. Satan does not want to be exposed and he will fight. 
So don't expose yourself. But expose him. Go and find out what his tactics are, what his schemes are. Tell others what those schemes and tactics are. You don't attack him on your own. It's the same way as a recon unit would not attack a larger enemy on their own. We do not attack Satan on our own. We, it must be in the power of Almighty God and in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it bears repeating. We cannot do it without God's mighty power. And I think I've read this verse before, and, you're gonna, and I'm going to end with this. And I've read it over and over before, but we're always going to come back to this. Listen to what it says. Ephesians 1, 19-21, it says, And in his comparable, incomparable, because you can't compare it with anything else, his incomparable great power is for us who believe. That power is the same as a mighty strength he exerted when God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. Wow. My brothers and sisters, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. God bless.